Ray sends us an email to Fred at FarmerFred.com. He says, I recently bought some fruit trees and the label mentioned using a rooting stimulant for transplanting. In further research, Ray says, I found that certain root stimulants are illegal in California. Do you know why? I bet it's because there's something else in that stimulant, Ray. Stimulants themselves may not be the problem. But with more information on that, we bring in America's favorite retired college horticultural professor, Debbie Flower, who is probably going to snuff your dreams, Ray. (laughs) Root stimulants typically contain, uh, not all of them, but typically contain synthetic auxin. Auxin is a plant hormone. It's produced by the plants, produced in the buds, which is why you don't always want to remove the buds at the tip of the stem. It's produced in the buds and it controls uh, growth of the plant. At certain concentrations, synthetic hormone will prevent growth and at other concentrations, it will promote growth. When it's applied externally to roots, it has different and fewer effects on the plant. It's not stimulating root growth per se. It's actually subduing above ground growth in favor of the roots to growing. Yeah. That sounds like phosphorus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's the, that's the IBA, the, the, the uh, auxin stimulant. IBA and NAA are two of the auxin stimulants. If you put it on a broken stem or root, and there will be broken roots in transplant, then it can be absorbed into the vascular system and do its job at the right concentration, stimulating cell growth. Uh, and so there is some of that going on, and that's why they're used in, in cuttings. But when you're just buying an already rooted plant, a healthy plant, applying the, the stimulant to the roots doesn't directly cause them to grow better. So that's one thing. Another is that root stimulants often contain fertilizer. And the ones that I found that were uh, illegal in California, they don't say illegal, they just say not for use in California or not registered for use in California have fertilizer in them, both nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And excess fertilizer is a pollutant. It's the reason we get overgrowth of algae in, in streams and rivers, and it kills all the, that overgrowth kills the uh, life, the animal life, fish, frogs, whatever, uh, in the water body, and it, we upset the ecosystem. And so the stimulants in California that have the fertilizer in them are not labeled for use in California. Growth regulators, which root stimulants are, are lumped in with pesticides as far as licensing is concerned. So they have to first be licensed by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and then at least in California and in other states, I know New York, Maryland, Virginia, for sure, I'm sure there are lots of other states that go through this process as well. They, they're local uh, in California's California Department of Pesticide Regulation, have to then look at the product again and decide whether it will be legal in the state. So different growth regulators are available in different states because the states have decided to allow them to be or to not allow them to be. The product Ray mentioned uh, was one that has a lot of phosphorus in it. It was a 4103, which means 4% nitrogen, 10% phosphate, 3% potash. Uh, phosphate is not illegal in California yet. Correct. So I think the reason that it wasn't for use in California had to do with the instructions. And this goes back to what we always say, read and follow all label Mm -hmm. directions that you could not apply it on food crops. This particular uh, root stimulant, it was okay for ornamental plants, but not for food crops. I read some items that also discussed grain and grass production Hmm. because those are done in big fields. 
So I, I think it was prohibited there as well. Yeah, we're going to see a lot less phosphorus on the shelves. I think the well, days of the big metal number are going to disappear. Right. We've, we've seen it disappear in laundry detergents mm -hmm. because of its ability to cause pollution in runoff. And then there was, it's been a while now, but there was a worldwide shortage of phosphorus for a while. And we in horticulture and agriculture, at least some of us, figured out we don't need near as much as we thought we did to produce the plants. And so there was some natural, you know, it's cost money to buy fertilizers. There was some natural cutback there. But yes, we need to take care of our planet. And unfortunately, um, Americans believe if a little is good, a lot is better. And that ends up with runoff and pollution. So how can you naturally encourage roots to grow? Have the proper soil. So that means it has the ability to hold moisture and nutrients and it drains well. Then water it appropriately. And that's going to vary on your soil, your location, your sunshade location, whether you're on a slope or not. You don't want it to dry out so completely that the roots can't grow and they die. And you don't want it to absorb so much moisture that they drown. So having the right media for your situation and using the correct cultural practices. We are fond of also saying on this show, right plant in the right place. And we should point out right plant, right place, right time. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to do any transplanting in the heat of the summer or in very cold wintry conditions. Right. So consider that too in encouraging uh, roots to grow and, and keeping them uh, relatively moist and, and let them get established. The other thing you've pointed out in past episodes too that bears repeating here is when you are transplanting into the ground, you discourage the use of fertilizer when you do that. Yes, because it can burn. You're all Whenever you transplant from a container or if you're buying a ball and burlap or if you're buying a bare root, in all cases, the roots have been or will be damaged in the process of put, planting them in, in either getting them out of the field where they were grown or putting them in your field. And you can't avoid that. That's just part of the game. In fact, it, it's it's encouraged that you at least cut the roots so that you don't have any circling, girdling roots over time. So you're doing damage. Then you put the plant in the ground. Now you've got open wounds in the uh, root system, which can be burned by fertilizers. Fertilizers, when they're in the form that can be absorbed by the planter in the salt form. And think about, it's not exactly the same thing, but think about if you pour salt in an open wound on your body. No, I won't think about that. <laughs> okay, it's not a good thing to think about. Okay, you don't want to do that to your plant. And then it takes the part of the root system that absorbs the water and nutrients is the root hairs. They are the most delicate parts of the root. They're typically at the ends of the root or the root branches, and they're right there and they get harmed in this process. So the plant kind of can't do anything for a few days. It takes a few days for them to produce new root hairs. You don't want anything to impede that. You don't want to burn those broken root parts. Plant the plant, water it well, and then walk away, or if it's possible, shade the plant for a few days. I've been known to make little caps out of newspaper and lay them on the plant and and hold them down with something, just a rock or something, and they blow away and I go collect them. But it's just about three to five days that you need to shade, give the plant a little more shade so it can produce new root hairs uh, and be able to absorb the water. When you were sick as a youngster, I imagine that if, you know, you came home from school and you didn't feel good and you just sort of plopped out on the couch, 
mom or dad might throw a blanket over you. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea after you've transplanted a plant, too, is maybe to add some mulch on top. Yes, mulching the soil is always a good thing. Make sure it doesn't touch the trunk or the where the where the stems of the plant go into the ground because you don't want to trap moisture there and cause other problems. But it controls moisture loss. It prevents compaction from water hitting the soil from above because water can actually cause soil compaction. It breaks down, if it's organic mulch, it breaks down and makes nutrition that the plant can use at a quantity that the plant can use. It's a very desirable thing to have organic mulch over your, your root systems. And it helps keep weeds away, too. Yes, it does. All right. So there you go, Ray. We hope that helps you as far as figuring out uh, what you need to really get your plant off to a good start after you've uh, transplanted that uh, fruit tree into its home. And you probably don't need to buy some sort of rooting hormone. So there you go, Ray. Debbie Flower, thanks so much for your help on this. You're welcome, Fred.